Welcome to Digging Deeper. We're so excited you joined us today as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the Word of God. Now, Pastor Sean. Hey, got no plans Sunday morning? Join us for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. Place of Bridge Church. A place for you. Good evening, and welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. I'm Pastor Sean, and tonight we're going to continue our study in Ephesians 4, do a brief recap, and just look at the unity of the body of Christ. We're excited to continue the, the study that we've been talking about in the book of Ephesians. Uh, just as a quick recap in the book of Ephesians, we started with Ephesians 1 where Paul began to tell us about God's ultimate plan. If you remember, it's, it's, it, w- it was set in motion before we were ever born, before, the, before the, the world was ever formed. God had an ultimate plan. We were predestined. We were adopted and we're inherit, we inherit um, all of God's you know, riches and glory uh, because he loved us so. And Paul spent some time explaining that ultimate plan to us. In chapter 2, he talks about this, this God's way of reconciliation, how he brought us to, back to him. He repaired the bridge that was broken by sin, by the work that was done on the cross. And then he goes into it even deeper where Jews and Gentiles, after the work of the cross, would come together and be one. Um, this, this great mystery that, was, that had never been uh, before brought up. And then, of course, in, in chapter 3, we looked at that great mystery, the revealing of God's mystery, and, and how, we, how we've come together with, with one another in one body, in unity, by the work of the cross, and, and what it all meant, and our place in it, and how we hold things that maybe angels and demons, they, they look at us, we are saved by the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ and our God, our Father. Um, they won't ever experience that because they were created beings um, by God, uh, made to worship. Or, of course, the third of those who who didn't and that that went with the devil will will suffer their consequences sooner than later. But then in Paul in in chapter four we see that Paul Paul talks about all that in the first three chapters of of this miraculous plan and and the salvation message and the mystery, and then he switches gears. He goes to chapter 4 and he talks. He wants us to learn how to live in God's glory, how to live in this mystery and in this plan. And we, we kind of, I want to just retouch a little bit what we talked about last week um, in some of the scriptures where Paul is in prison, of course, when he wrote this to the Ephesians. And he says, you know, therefore, I, Paul, you know, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Hey, I, I don't want you to, uh, to be worried about me, but but I'm begging you to lead a life that is worthy of that which you are called. Um, you know, we're we're called to be Christians. We are called by the mercy and the grace of God. And and Paul is just saying, Hey, look, I I really want you to understand how important it is to understand that you are saved by grace. How important it is to I'm really trying to help you understand how much you are loved and how much you are cared for and the price that was paid for you to be called and to be be a, a child of God. 
And so he, he uses the word beg here, meaning I'm, I'm really trying to, to get your attention here. I'm really needing you to understand this. I'm, I'm begging you to or beseeching you to walk worthy and, and to lead a life that is worthy of the calling for which you've been called, Paul says. Um, and we talked a little bit about this, about the character of, of a worthy walk. And I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit on this tonight and, and just kind of spend just a couple more minutes it says paul says you know with all you know always being humble and gentle um being patient with one another and making allowance for each other's faults because of your love um, this is this is the beginning steps to walking worthy of the call to which we have of as of christians um to always be humble to always you know be in a low place and, and never let pride exceed that which it should uh, to be gentle with others. And, and if you look outside your windows today, that's not the way the world is at all. Um, the humbleness and gentleness is not fitting to the society to which we live in. Um, he says to be patient with each other. And that's tough in itself, right? I mean, we, we talk about, you know, the, the, the KJV says long-suffering, bearing with one another. Um, we, we have a hard time being patient with some. Uh, well, some of it just comes natural, but then there's those people who kind of get under our skin and, and really irritate us and make it difficult for us to, to deal with them. But Paul's being basically saying here, this is how we need to walk. This is, you can't do this in yourself. Everything I told you in the first three chapters about this you know, miraculous plan, this mysterious plan, the plan of salvation, how we've been brought together with Jews and Gentiles and the salvation message by the work done at the cross. You are to be transformed. You are to be a new creature. Those old habits, those old ways are to be put away. And so where maybe you were prideful, now you're to be humble. Where before you were aggressive, now you need to be gentle. Uh, where before you were unpatient and very, come on, come on, come on, you need to be patient with each other um and i love this this final thing making allowance for each other's faults or bearing one another um you know faults um that's not easy to do right when somebody messes up we want to just nail them right and or if they mess up on us we just want to we just want to lay into them and let them know how bad they've messed up um but that's not what Paul says here. He says making allowance or bearing and being patient and showing love, being long-suffering with them. Um, why? Because of your love. Not a one of us have not, not a one of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all made terrible mistakes. I've got a regret list this long, but thank God by the mercy and the grace that he's shown me, you know, it's it's washed away, and I don't live in that anymore. But we've all made mistakes, yet Jesus Christ still chose to die on the cross for you and me, despite those mistakes. Why? Because of love. If Jesus can do it, and that's who I'm supposed to be living, living for, and living, you know, trying to exemplify in my life, then I need to do the same. I need to show love when I'm wronged. I need to show love to those who maybe don't treat me right or they've, they've done me wrong or they've slighted me in a way. As difficult as this is to take, this is what Paul is saying. To walk worthy of a calling, which we're all called, 
doesn't you know you say you hear the word well he's called well he's a pastor or he's a minister no we're all called and we'll see that later in the chapter here we are all called we all have a calling a specific purpose and plan remember we talked about that in the first chapter that god has specific for you and in order to walk worthy of that this is a small list that that paul's going through and saying here's how to do this we need to be humble we need to be gentle we need to be patient with each other. Um, we need to be long-suffering. We make allowance. We need to be patient when someone does us wrong. And um, why? Because of love. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. So he loved us in spite of ourselves, in spite of our mistakes, how many times have we shunned God and turned our back on him, yet he still has loved us? And so we need to, be do, we need to learn to do the same and, and let Christ's love, right? The love of Christ you know, completely permeate our heart and, and change our heart so that we can show that kind of love. Human love, it's going to be difficult, right? But love, the love of Christ, we can do that. We can love those who've wronged us. Uh, Paul goes on to say this in verse 3. He says, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. Um, binding yourself together with peace. This humble, forgiving attitude towards each other naturally fulfills this gift of unity in the Spirit. There's something about forgiving somebody. If you've ever done, if you've ever had the the opportunity of doing so, somebody's done you wrong, and you just say, you know what, hey man, it's it's cool, let's 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 squash it, let's let's be good with it, um, let's move forward, let's learn from it so it doesn't happen again. It, it's an amazing feeling to be able to do that from that side. But if you've ever wronged somebody, and they tell you, hey, it's okay, I forgive you, man. There's something on that platform, and those two, that 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 situation, could just there's a there's a peace there. There's no more tension. There's no more stress. Oh man, I gotta go apologize. There's no more. You know, this guy did me wrong. It that when when both parties come to it and they say, hey, I'm sorry. It's cool. We've all is forgiven. Let's 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 move forward. When we can do that, there's a spirit of peace and there's unity there in the in the spirit. And so that's that's what Paul's talking about. We we need to have that peace. And I know we covered a little bit about this. I'm just going a little more in depth this this evening with what we covered last week, uh, just because I found some more information. Um, the Lord just kind of opened my eyes to some more information that I wanted to make sure I shared this evening. Then Paul goes on to to kind of put us in our place, right? And he he describes the unity of the church. Um, everyone knows how I feel about denominations. Um, I'm not a huge fan, right? I think, uh, denominations, um, was done by man, denom, man nations, right? <laughs> um, it, we put that into play. Um, different people saw the Bible a different way or saw different things a different way. And so they came up with their own, um, religion. For the back, for really the the true true thing, and Paul Paul never says that here. In fact, he says this in verse four. He says, uh, "For there is one body, one spirit, 
just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. He doesn't say that there is 1,500 different ways to get to the hope. He doesn't say that there's, you know, um, 15 bodies and 15 spirits and 15 glorious ways to the to future, to the hope. No, what's he say? He says one. He says, just as you have been called to one glorious hope in the future. Then he goes in verse 5, he says, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. So if we look at this here, we Paul's really just going through a list to kind of make sure that there's one in unity, right? Unity means one. And so he's really making a circle here. He's saying all this is in unity. The description of the church, uh, unity in the church, is there's one. And we circle around that one. His name is God the Father, right? And so Paul goes through this list. He's all, there's one body and one spirit. And there's one Lord, one faith. I come to Jesus Christ by believing, the Bible says by believing, by words of my testimony, by words of my mouth, believing that Jesus Christ, God's only son, died on the cross for me. I believe that by faith. That's the one faith that connects me and brings me salvation to the one God, and to the Father of all. Um, there's a lot of different denominations, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but there's a lot of different interpretations and different ways that people see things. And that, that you know, we're different. God created us different. And it's not about the clothes we wear. It's not about how long I read or, or how I pray or what position I pray or or how much I do this, that, and the other. Those are man's laws. The word of God is simple. God made it simple because he knew we were simple-minded. The problem is we complex things. We make things more complex and more difficult than they really should be. And God is just trying, Paul is just trying to get us to understand here, there's, there's not all these different things. Grasp this. It's one. We've got this thing happening uh, this weekend with the many churches in, in the community here. Very excited for it because it's going to bring different churches, right? Different people, different ways of worship, uh, maybe different ways of prayer, different ways that, that we express our worship, and we're going to come together. And I already can see it, you know, in, in how the enemy will probably try and, and hinder and distract. And, you know, if you catch yourself looking at another church, you know, and like, wow, they worship that way or man, he's praying that way. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to worship and pray yourself. You see, it doesn't matter. As long as there's there's in, in Corinthians, there's a way to worship, right? There's an order of worship. And so as long as they're not, you know, get snakes out or drinking Kool-Aid or, or anything that's not of the scripture, let, why don't you just worship? Do your thing and let the Lord minister to you as we all come together in one body, in one mind, in one accord. I think it's going to be an excellent time. And this is a perfect, you know, teaching 
for exactly what we're gonna what we're gonna experience this Saturday. I think um, I think a lot of times we we look at different situations in different churches and say, well, how can they? How can they? Well, we want to be careful, right? We want to make sure we, as a local church, is following the word uh, by by the way you know that it's written. Um, when we start putting our own rules and regulations in, well, you need this and you're supposed to have this and you got to dress a certain way. I think you start adding things that, that isn't scriptural, right? And so we want to be careful, but we want to keep focus as unified as not just a local church, but a community church and even more so a worldwide church. When when Paul's talking about the church here, he's not just talking about the church in, in, in of the Ephesians. He's not just, he's talking about the church as a whole. He's talking about the, the worldwide church, church being unified and, and letting the, pointing them to the one God, the one Father who lives, as, lives in us all. Um, next week, I want to I kind of touch base. I know I kind of did a little bit of extra recapping uh, for, for of, of the previous verses that we've already gone through. Next week, I want to spend some time. We're going to look at the way that God works unity in the church and how he gives spiritual gifts to of leadership to certain ones in the church. Um, and, and we're going to spend some time on that. And, and this is where kind of things people can maybe go, well, that's not me or that's not me. But we're going to find out next week that it is you. As I mentioned earlier, every single one of us have a calling. And every single one of us have a gift. There's something you can do personally that I, am, I don't have a gift to do. There's some calling that you have that the Lord has purposed you to do in this day and time that you're here um, that, I, that, I, that I won't be able to do. And so we're going to look at those next week and, and really come together. And because I know how it is sometimes in church, you know. Um, well, I don't hold a position in the church, so I'm not that important. No, every one of God's children are important. And everyone who's accepted Christ as their personal Savior and is living for Him has a an amazing calling and an amazing purpose that God wants you to hear. If you've never, if you haven't heard it, you're looking for it, you're seeking for it. That's what we're going to touch base on next week. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you because you are teaching us to unify with one another in our local church, in our families, in our worldwide church, in our community church. And so, Father, I just ask that you would minister to each one, Lord, tonight. Minister to their hearts, minister to their needs, meet their needs. And, Lord, would you just bring a sense of peace and unity to their hearts and their lives. Let them. Let us check our hearts, Lord. Are we walking worthy of the calling to which we have in you? Father, are we being humble? Are we being gentle? Are we being patient with others and, and being, you know, forgiving others when we're, when we're wronged? Lord, and when we have done wrong, are we going to others and, say, and, and asking for forgiveness to make sure that there is no rift or no problems so that we can be united in the spirit of peace? I give you honor and praise tonight. I ask you to bless again each one. Lord, we ask that you would bless this weekend's event as all the churches come together unified in one mind, one accord to serve one God. I ask your anointing upon it. I ask your Holy Spirit to refresh us in this community. And we just praise you and we worship you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Don't forget this Saturday at 5 p.m. at River Park is the 
is the community get together with all the different churches from five to seven. It'll just be an evening of prayer and worship. And uh, we invite you to, to come, be a part of it, and uh, look forward to seeing what God's going to do in our community. And uh, with that being said, God bless. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon. We hope you've enjoyed today's word. Join us next week as Pastor Sean helps us dig deeper into the word of God. God bless.